0: Yeah, I was actually reading Neil's um um thing about the uh great earthquake of Livermore. That's right, yeah. <laughs> he was just like and in, what was it, nineteen eighty? Yeah, nineteen eighty. <laughs> and you and you were in seventh grade? Yes. Dude, I was ten. <laughs> <laughs> like, did did was you super? change did you change your diaper before we started? <laughs> actually, you know, the funny thing is is uh Did you, Neil? <laughs> uh, that's right, man um, You know, the funny are wearing is, it for different reasons He's <laughs> like, I don't change it What's architecture really about? Arcaspeak is the show That dares to peek under the architectural kimono Exposing what architecture really is What it is that architects really do and show you why we're passionate about our chosen profession. I'm Cormac Phelan. Join Evan Troxell, Neil Pan, and me as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture, which includes all the stuff people don't talk about. Think you already know what architecture is really about? Tune in and find out. some Arca speak.
1: Let's turn this tragedy into a learning
0: experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, you say that, but it's kind of interesting because um, like say the um, you know, the more recent, like, you know, school shootings and things like that. How has your kids schools dealt with things like that? I mean, kids are going to hear about it. So they're going to, you know, want to know, you know, one way or the other. I mean, like one of the first questions my 10 year old asked me is, am I going to be safe at school? And I was like, Oh well, yeah, you'll be, at, yeah. you'll be safe at school. I mean, we, you know, um, it's not like, you know, schools really, um, prepare for this, but you know, they, um, you know, we, we do think about these things, especially in design. In fact, actually that might be something to, how do you prepare for the worst through architecture, <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, just one one thing that we're, I'm working on—that new high school—and there was there were those shootings a few months ago, and we were going through the user group meetings, and one of the teachers was in there and said, "You know, I don't I don't really want to bring this up, but what about the big elephant that's in the room? You know, and and it was, what are we going to do in this school to protect our kids against what just happened?" And so it was like an active discussion about how do we handle that architecturally as much as we can, you know, so that, you know, basically where there's glass in the front walls and people can, can see what's happening inside the classroom. Well, now, not anymore from, from four feet down, you know, it's, there's gotta be something that kids can hide under. And so that was one way that we handled that architecturally in the planning of this this new school. And so every curtain wall every storefront in this project
0: is solid from so you have four feet down uh, basically so you've got a four foot high sill before you know of solid masonry or just
1: no we just have solid paneling it's more just for vision you know just to obscure what's going on so that kids can duck and cover and not be found out as easily i mean
0: Some of our school districts, well, 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 all the school districts that I know of that we work with in the state of Maryland, um, what they do is they actually have now all exterior windows and exterior doors, basically any exterior glazing. Uh, It's equipped with, um, you know, just blinds. So that the teachers can close all of the blinds, you know, so that they would get, they would get a warning that basically says that there is either some form of danger on site and that, or near. And so every single blind would be closed. All exterior doors would be closed. Most of the schools that we do, we've got, you know, obviously, you know, because of code and everything, you've got several um, exits out of the building. But all of those exits are either only have exit out and don't have an actual knob to get back in. So there's no way of, you know, somebody Uh from the exterior getting in. or what they have is, you know, a keypad, um, or a card reader that, you know, the teacher, you know, only the teachers and staff have to get back into those particular doors and, you know, more and more, um, Especially in like the older schools where we're doing a lot of retrofitting and doing a lot of uh, renovations. You know, new schools, we typically have kind of like a single point entry with a double vestibule that, you know, when you come into the first set of doors, the second set of doors are locked after, you know, the bell rings, they're locked. Um, and typically before the bell rings, you know, you've got staff hanging out at the front, watching all of the kids come in and watching the people come in and, you know, nobody really goes in that isn't supposed to be in there. Um, and then when the bell rings, all those staff typically go to their classrooms or wherever else they need to do. So the second set of doors are locked and you only have one door that goes into the office. Um, so you actually have to get buzzed into the first set of doors buzzed into the office, check in, sign into the office. And then you kind of go in, you know, you kind of go out of the office and bypass the second set of doors. And then you're kind of into the entry lobby and on into the school. And uh, so that's more and more what we're doing. In fact, actually the school that I'm working on that just broke ground, that's what we were doing is um, they just had a single, you know, single point entry but there was no vestibule no security vestibule of any kind you just kind of went right into the school and because the um because when you walk into the lobby there was no visual connection from the uh office to the lobby you didn't really know who was in there so we've actually on you know because we're doing you know major renovations to it Um, we're kind of ripping out the whole front admin portion of the building, building on, you know, all of the new program and stuff that we're building in and reworking the whole thing. So the lobby goes right, you know, it's all glass. You can see, right. You know, the, the, um, and actually it's kind of funny. because We do have large masonry, you know, higher masonry sills. Um, I I think that was more of a, kind of a response to the existing design and less about security, but now that you mention it, it they, they now have a place to hide, um, if if need be, um, behind, you know, solid masonry walls. Um but, right. you know, you've we've revamped everything to take, you know, bring all of the, you know, security into a visible space. Uh you can't walk in, you know, you you can't just walk right into the school. Um and in had a conversation with a parent who before they realized that, you know, I was a, you know, architectural professional realized that, you know, he was just kind of talking about, you know, all of the different things that have been going on in the news and, you know, talking about all the different things that they need to do to, you know, uh, and, and even, um, the, uh, Oklahoma tornadoes that, you know, they were talking about, um, how can you protect, you know, um, the student population from tornadoes and stuff. And I started going through the things that, you know, have been enacted in Florida under the new codes and things like that. And, um, you know, explaining to him that a lot of times it takes these large events to happen to shake people into gear to say, this is how we should have been designing from day one.
1: Well, that's how codes oh, yeah. are oh, developed course. and modified
0: throughout the years, you know.
1: Yeah. I'm, this that again, the high school that I'm working on right now is a completely open campus. It's much like a community college, um, and so oh, that's a that's a different approach altogether, right? I mean, it, it is a high school, so the kids are older, um, and and then even as you do get into community college and, and university level scenarios, they're all open campuses and. You know, much like this recent event in Santa Monica, you know, I'm sure that was an open campus. People can kind of just go wherever they want. Um, and makes it much harder. And, and when you're dealing with older structures and older projects like the one you're dealing with, I was working on a similar one in Beverly Hills and it's a middle school or actually, I think it's a K eight. And it was similar thing that the admin had been moved from its original position and, you know, they kind of stuffed it into this other spot because they needed more space at one time. And, and, and you'd walk all the way into the middle of that campus before you even saw a sign that pointed you in the right direction to go find the admin. It was not apparent. They had no line of sight to see who was coming at all. And that was one of the biggest challenges when it came to start talking to them about modernizing their school was how are we going to get you guys to have a secure point of entry where you know exactly who's coming in and who's going out. And and uh, they do have a fence out at the perimeter, but nobody, you know, after school starts, there's no one that can just stand around out there and monitor that. And so they would buzz people in and they would, you know, hope that that person would come right to the administration, know where it is. But, you know, that person had plenty of opportunities in that five or 600 feet to go wherever the heck they wanted to. And so you, when you're dealing with these older projects where the site changes, the the you know fencing can change, where things are located on campus can change. It could become a big design problem to start to figure all that stuff out. And it's it's interesting and at the same time it's it's frustrating because you know they don't always have the money to do the right thing. You have to figure out the best scenario that's possible in that location at that time, and that's that's a tough. The you know the crap. My uh,
2: my kids' school, elementary school, was remodeled. I think around two thousand and seven, two thousand five through seven, somewhere around there. And safety was clearly not on the mind of anybody working on this project, because the kinderg- kindergarten classrooms actually faced the parking lot, and so Ooh. the doors into the three different kindergarten kindergarten classrooms all just face the parking lot. They're completely open. They're not behind a fence, a gate, nothing. Um, and after, uh, you know, the, the events last December um, with, the, with the shooting, you, they, they started closing. They, well, they typically would close those doors anyway, but they, they weren't always locked. And so now they're locked. Um, and you can't really get in unless you go through the office. But, but here's the, you were just talking about how you get in and lines of sight uh, for, for these, um, for these schools and, and again, using their school, my, my kid's school as an example, um, they do have gates and I find it curious though that they lock, they now, after December, they started locking those gates during, um, they were always, um, locked in that from the outside, you couldn't go in, but from the (laughs) inside, you could turn a lever and go out and then they would lock in behind you. And I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, but after uh, the events last late last year they started actually bolting those locked and yeah, and, and a, i oh didn't God. think that was a great idea because if well, there was by something code,
0: that's a bad idea
2: <laughs> yeah i i was i would, you know i yeah. didn't look that up and and you guys helped me here i i thought that was really kind of dangerous and maybe even
1: illegal uh, yeah both well, it depends on how much yeah, open true, area they but, have. You know, if there's if there's safety dispersal zones that uh-huh. people can load into. You know, like I I've done a school in an urban area that's surrounded by busy streets, and yeah, you're not, you can't go off campus, but there are zones, and every teacher okay. knows exactly where they are, where your class is supposed to go, which is outside, and it's in this, right? And you know, that's in case of a fire but um, but to get to that point okay they, you can't have any barriers you know so you have well, their their school their school definitely has
2: lots of open space uh, a play yard um, an adjacent uh, field that's part of a park in within fact the I the was fence? um the play yard is huge and it is within the fence the school uh, the outside area beyond the fence, where the uh, where the field is, which is part of a park, uh, is outside that fence. Uh, although the one time I was volunteering in class, we had a uh, fire drill and we actually went outside of the fence. I, I, I'm not sure who actually opened it or how that worked, but part of the fire drill was everybody went outside the fence onto the park. Uh, next, you know, essentially right next to the, the only thing separating it, the blacktop and the, and the grass is the fence. So um, it was opened. We all filed out, got a single file lines. Everybody counted, you know, um, and then the bell went off and everybody went back in after, you know, the, the fire drill was, was practiced. Um, but what I find interesting is, is that you... They lock all this stuff down, so technically really there's only one point of entry other than the kindergarten classes um but you go into the office well, the office is just like a door- a side door on um you know the main building in the front, and you basically right. open that door and you walk about ten feet and to your right is the receptionist um i mean they are there is no line of sight you just walk right up and, and there they are
1: yeah
0: any any uh any um security cameras of any kind, any kind of um, most of the schools that we do that have that kind of problem where there uh-huh. is no line of sight, usually we'll have um, you know at the front front door there'll be a buzzer and the uh, um, why am I like blanking on the actual term, but basically it's a it's a camera where you know you ring the doorbell um, and you've got a you know intercom. Back to your, uh, back to the office. The office phones have actually got screens on them that you can actually see that particular. um, You know, you can see the person standing at the door. Um, The AI phone is what we we call them, but you know, um, but do they
2: have anything like that? You know. That's a good question. I you know, certainly I think from a phone perspective, uh there's nothing there with uh video cameras looking. May there may be some a camera outside uh or a camera in the hallway. I'll have to take a, a look um uh, next week when I go when I go in, but um they certainly have no ability at least um that I'm aware of just looking um when I walk in, you know, to view any sort of video from the reception area. And, and basically, you could just walk right past the reception area and go right on to campus. You know, and, and I've been in there many times when, you know, I'm, I am checking in, I'm, I'm printing out my little volunteer badge um, and, you know, making sure everybody knows I'm there. But I mean, literally, if the receptionist isn't sitting there, you could just walk right by her and you're right on to campus and, you know, no questions asked.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of those things are handled with technology now, yeah, with security cameras and stuff like that. But the the interesting thing to me about this whole subject is because, you know, architects aren't always working on these sites. You know, there there could be decades where an architect doesn't touch a school and it gets <laughs> modified over time. And uh You know, we'll come into a school later when they have to do a big addition or a modernization. You know, when the when the district passes a bond and they divvy up the money amongst all the schools, and then they decide what they want to do with them. And you come in there, and there have been so many problems that have been, and I'm you know air quotes solved through throughout the years that we have to go in and completely undo and refigure, and it's a big giant mess. But you know, these schools are they really are doing the best they can, but. But at the, you know, it's it's their maintenance crew. It's what it's what they know. Their level of sophistication when they're solving these problems, and so there will be doors that have just been plastered over. You know, their doors still in <laughs> wow. the wall, um, <laughs> oh. and they're just doing this stuff. There, there's no professional contractor. There's no architect. There's no drawings. It's- there's no permits. It's like it's a weekend job, and and. Yeah, exactly. The maintenance guy and and his buddy, they get together and they can do this thing and take care of it and then Monday comes and the principal's like, They're perfect. That's just what I wanted." And then we come in there years later and it's like, "Oh my gosh, you know, that this is never going to work and and we got to undo all this stuff." And what, you know, like you're saying Cormac when you're working on these old schools in Annapolis that every day you guys dig up some relic that was buried there, you know, it's like it's an amazing thing to have to 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 experience and go through and solve all these additional problems that show up because everybody's taking these things into their own hands. And this, this goes hand in hand with, with housing. And, you know, you have owners out there who take a class at home Depot and then all of a sudden they're an expert in framing, you know, whatever. And, oh my gosh, it's, it, there, there is a certain mentality when it comes to buildings that is very much do it
0: yourself. Yeah. And uh, you know? <laughs> actually, it's it's interesting you say that because I think that virtually everything from 1895, when Annapolis Elementary School was built, to this day um, has been. There's been like every construction, you know, faux pas, every um, you know, hazardous material, every possible thing that you could imagine. Um, you know, yeah, sure that, you know, um, solid masonry wall can bear on this soil with no, uh, footings or foundations, not a problem, you know, simple little things like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming back in and it's just like, right. oh, you know, I really don't think that this $21 million budget for this, uh, revitalization is going to cut it because, you know, and thankfully actually it was, uh, it was changed. It was, it was bumped up a little bit more. But um, And we're eating every bit of that up by, uh, you know, unforeseen conditions and, you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, you've got all of these different modifications and, you know, and, and back to, you know, what we were talking about, like, you know, you were saying, you know, the advent of security cameras and things like that, you know, I mean, basically they made modifications, whether they were, you know, with security in mind or without security in mind, based off of whatever the current technology or deal that the school board could get from some vendor. Um, and they're like, you know, right? This is the best thing that you can do for your school. Let's you turn can this tragedy into a learning experience. We can, you know, if if you, we're sole sourced and we're the only ones that are, uh, you know, um, allowed to come in here and do all of this stuff, we can get it to you at a cut rate. And they're like, Ooh, cut rate? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, cheaper I'll is go with better. That. Right? And then you just, <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it when they, these people. I know exactly. A guy. exactly. You so, know, that's all that's said. And oh my gosh, when when somebody when somebody says that, it's like yeah, gets get me out of here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know we in. But nowadays, and, and I'm, I'm I was curious, uh, Evan, when you brought it up, I mean, how when you go through the design process, I, I where we have basically every time we have um, design reviews from each of our jurisdictions. Um, basically their general maintenance, their landscape crews, you know, all these other people, their, um, their, the shops for, uh, HVAC and plumbing and everything else. Everybody's got to say in the matter and they come in and they basically say, okay, you know, no, you can't use these lights because these are the lights that we have. And we've got, we've ordered a warehouse full of these and this is how (laughs) you're, you know, this is what we want you to design. Exactly. So Ten you know you got ago. all of that, yeah. and so those, so you go through and you do basically design it based off of you know either really old ideas of the way they used to do it, or you know by um, warehouse stock. Um, yeah, that comes up all the time. You know, I'm, I'm
1: working on this high school, and it, and one of the things in their kind of district standards, the M&O district standards, it actually said no fancy type lights.
0: <laughs> fancy type. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah.
1: No fancy type lights. And it's like, no, so what, no, what the no hell picture does that mean? Um, I could, I could Im- imagine what that means, but
0: at the same time, I can't. You know, Hold And, on, and who actually that. wrote that? Uh, well, I don't know if it's better, but it's, it's, yeah. it's on par with that. So I have a jurisdiction that we work with that um, they turn the air conditioning off every summer. So, you know, we're in the mid-Atlantic region. It gets hot, it's, it gets humid, ceiling tiles. Ceiling tiles like to absorb, you yeah. know, humidity, and once you turn them back on and they start to dry out, they start to sag. One of the good things that you yeah. can do to combat that, since they're going to continue to turn the air, air conditioning off, is at least go to a two by two, you know, maybe a bevel. So, so so it, it minimizes, minimizes the, span. the span. Yeah, so I right. worked up the design had all this two by two tile in it and everything else. Two different issues were why they nixed the 2x2. One was they, even though you can put a 2x4 light in a 2x2 ceiling grid, they don't like it because you can't just pop in a tile, pop out, you know, pop in a light and all that other stuff. You have to reconfigure the the ceiling grid. Okay, I, I might be able to buy that one. But my favorite reason why I could not do um, two-by-twos is every single one of their maintenance crew were robust fellows that can't fit up into a two-by-two space. They need the two-by-four, so basically we have to design to the size (laughs) of the round fellows getting up inside the uh, um, ceiling plenum's yeah yeah, exactly. i saw that bubba size
1: and i had to do when i was doing bathrooms in a new building we had to have four feet between our plumbing walls Wow, really for that reason did you put a door in, so four put, feet by you know did you guys put 20 a door feet long you got to have awesome. a door at the end a full-size door
0: <laughs> yeah for for bubba see we don't see normally we'll just you it's <laughs> crazy I mean, we don't, right Thankfully we, I I have seen that where we do like oversized, um, you know, plumbing chases and stuff, but thankfully most of our, you know, retrofits and stuff, we're so short on space anyway, that thankfully they, um, just let us get away with what the manufacturer will, you know, allow for like the size of the carrier, you know, for the, um, toilets or the labs or whatever. So thankfully, you know, like say if it's, just a if it's not a back to back, you know it's like you know fourteen inches, and then if it's back to back, it's twenty four. You know, which our mechanicals tend to have differing rule of thumbs on what they require in size of chase. It always right. seems to get bigger between right. uh, MEP consultants. She was like, "Well, you know, yeah, I only have a, uh, a rain leader coming down here, but um, I need oh my gosh, yeah, yeah it only gets bigger a forty eight inch clear chase." But it's a four-inch pipe. Well, yeah, but with insulation, yeah. you're only specking out uh, two inches of insulation. So my, ma- I, I mean, I know I went into architecture to avoid math, but you know that only sounds like eight <laughs> inches to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. You know this this also goes to you know if more efficient designs of fixtures and things like that, where the district. I mean, I guess that's that's as as designing a project. That's kind of your almost your only argument because a lot of times these schools fall back, and I hear this all the time: "Is well, just do it. What, what do we <laughs> yeah. have at the, at the other high school? Yeah. We'll do it just like that." I'm. You guys built that high school twelve years ago. I mean, things yes. have yeah. gotten better, and so yeah, you probably do have a warehouse full of <laughs> T8 bulbs, right? But but now we're doing LEDs everywhere because we have to hit lead we have to hit you know California high performance design we have to hit all these things where the only way we're going to be able to achieve these points are are by these using these efficient water fixtures and toilets and and light fixtures and you know and 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 it really becomes It has to be a conversation like that or else, or else, you know, the fallback is, nope, this is the district standard. And so even on this, this new school, we wanted to do a central plant. It's a huge school. It's, it's over 40 acres and there's 12 buildings and, you know, normally you don't do a central plant on a high school, but when it is that big and there's that many buildings and that many zones for control for temperature, it makes a lot of sense um nope district standards Mm. package units yeah we're that's what we're doing and so now we have to dedicate 40 square feet of every classroom to a duct chase for the on the second story and it's like all that wasted space that could have been learning environment because we have to do package units and it it's pretty infuriating when you go through this you know um we're talking about schools a lot
2: here and and that sort of subject also comes up in the home building industry about reusing of plans. Um, it seems every developer oh, yeah. always wants, always thinks, oh, you know, we we did that plan. This plan like 10 years ago, it worked. It sold it worked. really yep. well. And there's, there's no question, hey, a plan is successful. It may sold very well 10, 12 years ago, or maybe even two or three years ago. But um, that idea that, you know, oh, we're just going to reuse plans, so we don't have to pay the architect to do anything, Um, you know, just just stamp these new New sets of plans. Oh, but, you know, we have a new purchasing guy, and and we have a new director of construction, and, you know, they each have their own little uh, things that they like, and so suddenly this reuse plan uh, starts getting changed. And then it goes through essentially an entire design over again, and... Um, it's like, oh, wait a minute. We're not even reusing "quote unquote" reusing the plan anymore. But you know, but but architect, your fee, right. yeah, but your exactly, your fee was your based fee on is that. still just the reuse <laughs> fee, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of crazy. So we, we see that even in the home building industry uh, a lot. You know, just the idea that you can reuse a plan and have it be cheaper, but well, in reality, you always change it, and you know, the architect ends up getting it in the shorts.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even, you know, we we ran into that problem when I was, you know, using um, uh, the, you know, kind of like the reuse plans and stuff like that in some of the developments that we were working on. But since they were, um, you know, these planned communities, uh, these new urbanist communities, they were like, well, we like the plan. But we're going to flip it. We're going to put it on the site this way. Um, we're going to have a wraparound porch on this one. This one's just going to have, you know, just the single front porch. You know, this one's going to do this one's going to do that. But it's going to be the same plan. So there's really nothing that you need to do, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. There's nothing we need to do,
1: you know. <laughs> but 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 hey, do they... Do they sell it as a repurposed site-adapted home or do they sell it as a custom home? They sell, they no. sell it as a custom. They sell it as a now, custom home. I will say
0: that when we were doing this, we basically had a base fee that we would do each of the, you know each of the houses. You know, said, okay, you're going to purchase, you know, if you use this plan X amount of times, you're going to, you know, basically the first one is gonna you know cost you you know x amount of dollars and it's gonna be the most expensive because we've gone through design committees to tweak it and change it. We've done hourly design, you know, charrettes, we've gone through and done all of these different things, you know, so that's the one that costs. And then you know we develop you know cost for each additional reuse and every every contract for the reuse fee includes an hourly rate Well, included, you know, this is a long time ago when the market was still good, but um, we used, we would always have a clause in there that basically said that, you know, because we're going to tweak it, we're going to change, you know, if, if anything changes or if we have to modify the site, because, you know, we, we had to get the site plan permitted as well, you know, doing the, you know, doing stormwater management calcs, you know, it all changes when you change the position on, even if they're all the same you know, the same size lot. You change the uh, um, the position of it, it changes the stormwater calc. So, you know, we would say, you know, you're going to have to pay for that. So we did try to guard ourselves against all of that um, because, you know, no one ever understood that it wasn't just the same plan dropped on another site that has a completely different site criteria than, you know, the one that it was originally designed for. There's going to be changes and you're going to need to pay for them.
1: Yeah, I, we ran into this on a on another K eight school where um, the the district had a construction manager that they've used mm. on, on all of their schools, and so they you know they they have a good working relationship. You know, they need a school, they build them a school, and so they 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 do have a level of trust. And it was like a Monday morning meeting, and the the contract the the lead guy from the contracting company comes in because they're going to build the new school that we're going to design. He says, well, I, you know, took it upon myself this weekend to spend some time and lay out, you know, do a layout for you. And basically (laughs) his whole argument was we can use the same school that we just built. We just have to flip this and rotate this. (laughs) And, and, okay. And it's like, it's like, what, what do you think about this project is the same as the last project? That was an elementary school for 400 kids. This is a K Mm eight for 700 kids. This is on a flat site. This is on an old rock quarry that has 40 feet of fall. It's, it's all of those things that you have to think about. And, and, and what he's trying to do is get on the good side of the guy who's in charge of district finance, right? Saying we can redo this project for super cheap. And, and yeah, we basically don't even need these architects in here. Um, and then, and there's so many things that have to be figured out that they are not even thinking of. And it,
0: and Biggest it is mis- a misnomer making. of any, like especially in the schools, but really in in any you know project, is prototype. It's not a prototype. It, yeah. Yes, they may have very striking similarities to each other, but your ev- almost every condition is completely different, and it needs to be accounted for. And that's why you need us, because <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we had um, one of my old firms. We did prototype schools. Um, we did a couple of prototype schools, and uh, same thing. You know, it's just like well, you know, um, because the site you know is different here. It's a little bit more. You know, the you know you've got like a forty foot elevation change across basically the um, the distance of the you know footprint of the school. You know, versus the other one that, which, which was just flat, you know, oh, we can just flip this and stretch it and maybe shift the, you know, your first floor will now be your, you know, your ground level, your basement level. And, you know, your second floor will now be your first floor and, you know, it's going to be two different levels and all that other stuff, but that really can't be that hard, Right. It's on the computer. You just push a couple of uh, buttons. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, you know, Revit has an easy button, right? AutoCAD <laughs> yeah. has an easy button, right? You know, you just flip it, stretch it, you know. <laughs> um, exactly. That's Staples. Uh, actually, yeah. I, we have a uh, not- um, this one guy in the office who went out and bought one of the Staples uh, easy buttons. You know, they kind of sold them, and he uh, glued it to his computer, and or has it by his computer. And, um, you know, he's just, yeah, hey, yeah, let me just hit my easy button. We'll be done in a minute. <laughs>
1: nice <laughs> yeah That that's another well, topic for with another an easy day but man people who who oh, wonder tr- why that it takes so long but or they just think uh,
0: but you're you know, just it you really fast how hard is that how long can that take <laughs> mm-hmm. oh exactly it's not real it, you
2: know. what did Jody just uh, Jody Brown just posted something uh on Twitter the other day. It said, I just designed this edition in eight hours. It took me 25 years
0: to figure out how to do that, though.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not an assembly Although, line. you know, I mean, most people, that's what they think is, you know, just like, you know, I mean, it's got doors, it's got windows. I mean, how hard is it? You're, you've got the kit of parts. How hard is it to just grab all those kit of parts and just throw them together? And you just say, like, eh, you know, I mean, it really yeah. does kind of actually take, you know, there are things that we need to take into account for your safety. There's, there's, you do have
1: to worry about all those <laughs> codes and stuff, right? Codes? What are, what those are, are codes? codes? That's our responsibility.
0: Well, that kind of goes back to what <laughs> you were saying earlier about, you know, the uh, do-it-yourself Home Depot mentality of, you know, people basically going in, in, you know, you're right, Neil, it, it's, it's, it's. Nine ten, well, you know, we see it in you know a lot of commercial projects too. But you know, nine times out of ten, you see it in um, residential. And you walk into a house and like, yeah, well, we're thinking about doing this addition here, and um, you know, we want to just kind of throw it together. Um, but we had <laughs> this, and you know, we did this, and the previous owner did that, and I'm not sure if there was a permit pulled on them or not but i think um you know the, those should be fine so we just want to put it in the middle and then you go and you do your design and just find out <laughs> no one nobody did permit so you got to pull those in blah 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 blah. you know yeah yeah
2: yep. <laughs> that that happened i mean just recently i received a call and a gentleman wanted to know well, what do you charge for a 100 square foot addition I'm like, edition uh, <laughs> addition of what? <laughs> Are we talking, you know, wh- where is it? What is it? Uh, you don't have to worry about that. Just what does it cost to do a 100-square-foot edition? I'm like, really? I have no idea what we're even talking about. So, I mean, I could have given him some square footage numbers. But, I mean, that's his, like, maybe building With- cost. Yeah, but is it a bathroom yes. or is it a garage? No right,
0: and what are, uh, what are the finishes? Is it a an addition to a second story bedroom that you know you might want to actually have it continue right. to stand? <laughs> yeah, it, it was the most interesting <laughs> thing.
2: I, I finally, through some conversation, convinced him that we should meet on site and at least discuss what he needed. Uh, maybe it wasn't just a hundred square feet. Um, you know, it, I I was trying to. Steer him back to what is the problem and what do we need to do to maybe solve that problem. Um, you know, it, it may not have been just a hundred square foot addition. And uh, um, I, I agree. he said, Oh, yeah, well, okay, I'll call you back and confirm this time. I never heard from him again. <laughs> I was kind of glad he actually didn't call me back. So,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm sure we've all heard those, you know, had those guys call it up. It's just like, it'll be really easy. You know, you don't really have to put much time into it, but you know, the permitting officials are saying that (laughs) I need an architect to sign and stamp this. So it, it, it's not really going to be much trouble for you. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. It's, you know, I was like, well, I appreciate that you're going to absolve, you know, absolve me of any liability, but unfortunately that, All of the jurisdictions won't when it falls down. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, guys. So uh,
2: time to wrap it up here. All All right. right. If you have any questions or comments, please visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com or on our individual Twitter accounts, which are listed on the website. You can also follow Arcaspeak on Twitter and visit our Facebook page. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Till next time, thanks for listening.
1: See you guys. Bye, everybody.
3: You can start now, or you can hang your head in despair It's the only road to take you there The